Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to buy Beautiful, an amazing CBD product. You can save 15% off of every single order that you make at MedterraCBD.com. And I know you guys are enjoying that product because I just got an awesome, uh, my, my 10% uh, of sales check in the mail from Medterra CBD, which lets me know that $15,000 worth of merchandise has been purchased from that discount code in the last month, and I'm super proud of the Big MX faithful for doing exactly that. So be like Grant McCormick, be like uh, a lot of uh, other Big MX radio listeners, like uh, uh, Garrett Wolf, uh, Garrett Rockley, and who who won that uh, uh, LS2 helmet, by the way. Be like uh, a ton of other listeners who have purchased things from Medterra CBD and uh, and get on that. Uh, I know I, I really enjoy the supplements and uh, you guys should be enjoying them as well. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line. He's a repeat offender. Some would call him. He's basically the, the, the voice of reason on the Big MX Radio podcast. When I get a little bit ranty, I start going off on a tangent. He more or less just like listens and like, uh-huh, yeah, good point. All right, you're rambling. But either way, he's a good friend of mine and likely will be in my wedding party one day. David Drakes, how's it going? <laughs> What's going on, man? You know, I do like that title, Voice of Reason. I like to think that I keep Big MX Radio, you know, it's kind of mild-mannered, bring it down more of a neutral position, you know, compliment your uh, your outgoing, quote-unquote, personality. So yeah, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> Dave Drakes, the, the most, uh, the whitest guy I know. <laughs> Dave Drake's uh, uh, aerospace engineer at uh, at Harley Davidson, racer of carbureted four strokes, and uh, voice of reason on Big MX Radio. How are you, my friend? <laughs> Doing good, man. Just uh, you know, reeling after this weekend. A lot, a lot of action. A lot of stuff happening. I mean, hospital um, visits. A lot of hospital visits that did not want to go to, and. Uh, yeah, it, overall, you know, still was able to salvage a pretty decent weekend, so it wasn't, it wasn't too, too bad. I like it. I like it. So, mentioning the hospital visit, of course, we've got to give our uh, well wishes to AJ Catanzaro. Uh, had a gnarly wreck. Uh, he'll be uh, possibly out a couple of weeks. You mentioned on our Instagram Live that he's going to try and race this, this weekend coming up. What is he currently dealing with? Yeah, um, got ahead of pretty pretty gnarly get off in the first rhythm after the sand, kind of swapped, um, trying to hit the first double into the triple, and rang his ball pretty good. So uh, ended up in the hospital. He's got a punctured lung, a few broken ribs, a little higher on his right side, uh, fractured scapula, and he kind of rang his ball um, pretty good and has a decent concussion. So uh, first uh, first couple hours inside there into the hospital, he wasn't looking too good. It was, you know, really. Uh, really dizzy and you know couldn't make sense of things and uh, you know towards the towards the later on the night started joking around coming to a little bit and just feeling overall soreness and then when we saw him Sunday morning he was walking um, you know he was a little sore still but you know was able to move his shoulder around a little bit pick up things 
was walking, joking around, lifting things up. So he, he's in good spirits, still still sore, lungs still making him a little bit short of breath. But uh, I think he's going to make a pretty decent recovery pretty quick here. He wants to race this weekend in Tennessee. Uh, I'm a little less optimistic than he is, just given the state of things. Which is weird for you. Before. Exactly. I'm more. I'm usually the optimist. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's got me beat for this one, man. But uh, he said he's feeling, he's feeling good. He wants to come and make an appearance for Tennessee and possibly race. So, uh, we'll see, man. I, I wouldn't put it past him to show up and, and try to get it in the main or something like that or, you know, put the effort in. So, we'll see. We'll keep you guys posted, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. The, the, get the 330 machine back out on the track and uh, finding out that you yourself may be uh, the proud owner of a uh, of a green uh, 450. Uh, may you even have your eyes set on uh, on AJ's uh, one of his practice bikes or uh, um, or, or even his race bike uh, uh, going forward. I know uh, you're good friends with AJ, and uh, you do have a dinosaur of a 250 or a 450 uh, in your current possession that is currently carbureted, and the engine's not backwards, and the color is blue. So uh, everyone can pretty much guess how old your current bike is, and that you'd like to get current with a green one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, you know, I've been trying to make the old YZ09 450 work for a number of years. It's got low hours, but man, the technology is just so outdated. And my mistake was I got it in college when you never have time to ride. So I just sat there collecting dust for, you know, four and a half, five years. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's looking like I might be on Team Green uh, this, this year. And, uh, I, I'm excited, man. The, the bikes are pretty sick. It's not one of AJ's for sure. I mean, his bike went through some severe line damage, and they were able to really make it look nice. But I think it's, uh, it's a little dated for my taste. So, um, yeah, we're trying to figure some stuff out and uh, should have it in another couple of weeks and putting the, uh, the old lady up for sale, see if anybody else can give her a good home. No kidding. What is the asking price for a 10-year-old uh, four-stroke with low hours, quote-unquote? I'm gonna put it up for 15 grand and just see what happens. I mean, it is April Fools. It is. (laughs) I haven't kind of done my homework, man. Some guys are asking three. Some guys are asking 35 for 09 CRFs with like a hundred thousand hours on them, just looking super beat. And at least mine looks clean. So I don't. I mean, honestly, I'd be happy to get if I could get three or like 28 for that thing, man. I I would be doing backflips. So if you could get a nickel. If you can get a nickel more than $2,500, I will be shocked and appalled. <laughs> we'll see. I'll try, I'll try to surprise you. Fair enough. And if I get anyone to pay more than that for the bike, I request com- commission. Yeah, of course, man. I got to hit you with commission. All right. Perfect, perfect. Um, so, this last weekend, Houston, uh, get-offs from... Uh, AJ Catanzaro aside, we had we had a Triple Crown Series race. It was amazing, as always. We love to watch them; they're entertaining. We got everybody in the main events. Uh, all the, the main events take up the entire night show, which is much to the chagrin of everyone who races a privateer effort. Um, tell me a little bit about your weekend. Uh, I assume at this point in the year, people are so excited about the uh, collective experience program that you're pretty much sold out every single weekend. Uh, who uh, who'd you have out this weekend? What what uh, kind of exciting things were going on with the program this weekend? Yeah, it's the closer we get towards the end of the season, it seems like people really want to start uh, start reing up on these things. I don't know if it's because everyone has their tax return or just itching to ride themselves. Uh, 
but yeah, towards the end of the season, we get we get pretty slammed, man. We had uh, uh, some people out there with AJ. Um, this this weekend, we're actually more focused on uh, some of our Supercross futures. And I will be completely honest with you, when we are a little bit lighter, it is super nice for me because I can actually watch a race and not have to scramble as much. Um, but yeah, we were we were pretty heavy on the um, Supercross Futures support program that we have where riders can, um, amateur riders can work with pro riders as coaches and pit with them. That's and pretty cool. Really in, yeah, yeah, it's super fun, really inclusive, uh, just coaching and experience and just having a mentor with you that can help you get to the next level. And there's nothing better than lining up for your own race with a full pro team behind you, cheering you on, making sure that your bike's all set, that you're set mentally, and that you've got some support for that day. So we were pretty excited about that one. Um, and it was good. You know, we always have our interns going every weekend with AJ Cad. And uh, next year, you know, I'll do a little bit of announcement. that we're going to be doing that with more riders, so even more chances for fans to be able to get their foot in the door of the industry. Um, and, yeah, it, it's, it's just going it's going really well. We had a lot of fun with that, a lot of fun with some of our other riders, getting them some decent content and making sure we we're, uh, we're on the same page with giveaways and uh, and just helping them out as much as we can. And, uh, you know, despite the crash we had with AJ, like I said, he was a good buddy of mine. We were kind of bummed about that. Still able to salvage a pretty fun weekend helping the other riders out and just getting a lot of the amateur guys set up. So, um, you know, you, you look forward to, to any chance you can help people out and just have a good time with the races and, uh, I'm glad that something happened to kind of overshadow the negativity uh, that happened with, uh, with AJ. Yeah, I can't have any of that. Ne- negativity is uh, is not the name of the game, my friend. Uh, so this this last weekend, it's uh, Houston Supercross. Like I said, Triple Crown Series race. We love them. We're, they're exciting main events throughout the evening. Um, but for yourself... Um, Obviously, uh, this is uh, a little bit bittersweet in the fact that, uh, like, a lot of times, a lot of your, the guys that you work with uh, struggle to make the main events. Uh, although uh, this weekend, all three of the Hep Suzuki guys uh, made it in, including your boy Adam Enticknap, who has made it. Uh, I think is that uh, uh, three in the last uh, or two in the last three races. That's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all, man. It's it's really good to see Adam kind of make that transition or, or, or get that little roadblock um, push out of his way and uh, be able to do, I think this is two in a row for him even, so um, definitely good for him. I want to see the momentum keep going and I want him to really uh, really ride to his potential, man. I think he's got a little ways to go before we actually see the full deuce-deuce capability. So, yeah, shout out to the Hep Suzuki guys. I mean, they, they put in a lot of work, a lot of effort. That team uh, team really puts it up for them, so it, it's good to see all those guys in there and anytime we can get a TCE guy in there and um, and shout them out and help them get there. It's it's super great. So, um, really, you know, I've got on record saying that I'm not the biggest fan of the Triple Crowns for that reason because a lot of privateers do struggle to get in there and you know show off their sponsors and make a name for themselves on TV and under the lights, the whole deal. Um, but it is cool for guys, you know, like Adams and Cincerillo who had kind of a uh, up and down weekend. He was able to use a three moto format to kind of do some damage control so on one hand i'm not really feeling it on the other hand i'm like man it was kind of good that we had this in place because it kind of kept the points chase just a little bit closer and we didn't have any major major blowouts so yeah uh, i'm kind of i'm kind of 50 50 right now man the jury's still out for this one <laughs> yeah absolutely like the the 
The championship gets closer in the 250s. Championship extended in the 450s. Let's talk 250s for a second. Um, a bit of a not that not a night that uh, Adam Cincerello was looking for, and exactly the night that Dylan Fran is needed. He comes within five points of the championship now with two races to go. One of which being an East-West shootout where uh, uh, Dylan will probably have an opportunity to put himself between or put a couple of riders between himself and uh, an AC. Uh, but with two, with only two races that count for anything to go, uh, AC in the driver's seat, uh, what's your prediction? How's this going to shake out? Oh, this is going to be a tough one. It's really going to come down to the, uh, to the last round, I think. I mean, it, it was super weird to see the Yamaha boys have a lot of the momentum coming into the season early, and we kind of saw that the changing of the guard with, uh, with AC snagging some wins and really asserting himself as like, a class leader, which we kind of assumed he would be. And now it's looking like Dylan has got that momentum back, man. He's kind of taking it from his teammate Colt with a little bit of a setback, and uh, he's running away with this thing. This is uh, looking like a French domination as of late with Marvin Nuskin's little spark. But um, yeah, I, I really see Dylan taking this thing down to the wire. He's looking like he's super stubborn on the bike, but he doesn't want to relinquish any of the, the momentum or the good finishes or the, or the good uh, good starts he's getting. So I fully expect these guys to have a full out fight, man. Uh, AC wants this. He's long overdue for a title. It's it's been eluding him for years. Dylan wants to wants to keep that from happening. He wants to assert himself, make a name for himself. Um, you know, be a top French rider and, and represent for his country and stuff. And then you got spoilers like RJ and and, and Nichols that could come in here. We snagged a win on the the last triple crown race we had. So, oh man, it, it, this this couldn't be any better. Couldn't be any tighter. I really think that uh, if if you had to, you know really put money on it I def- I would say that Adam sneaks this one out but man Ferrandis is not going to make it easy for him I, it's going to come down to between those two man I think five points two races to go it's you can see the light at the end of the time you can really you can taste the championship almost and I think uh, I think both these riders want it equally as bad and I'm I'm just happy happy to be a fan and I'm glad I'm not in the series to <laughs> just, just stick my nose in this thing man I'm, I'm really excited to see how Vegas goes there you go. I, I think uh, this this weekend, a little bit of a gut check for Adam Cien Cirillo. I think that uh, uh, he settles himself down. I think the, the actually the best thing for Adam right now, um, actually you have two schools of thought. One one side of the thing says I want to get right back in the saddle. Uh, I want to uh, extend my points lead and crush this. Another side of things is like I want the momentum from this last weekend to completely dissipate to the point where. Uh, um, it, it's 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 barely even a, a a faint memory by the time uh, the the series uh, kind of reconvenes in four weeks time in in Denver. Um, I I lean more towards the latter. I think that sort of controls the situation a little bit better uh, than just going in uh, emotionally and wanting to uh, smash things this weekend. Uh, I I honestly put the uh, full faith in Adam to be able to get the job done. I think he, he's got the speed to do it clearly and. Um, uh, barring some sort of uh, unbelievable ride from Dylan Ferrandis or something along those lines, I think that Adam Cincerello is going to be your champion in Supercross going uh, toward the outdoors. And I, I think uh, with the, a lot of focus on the, his his outdoor skills this last uh, off season and and how much he's been riding a 450 outdoors uh, throughout Supercross uh, in his off weeks and stuff like that, I think he's in a really good spot. To uh, to be successful uh, on uh, in the outdoors on the little bike uh, in 2019, and 
uh, likely to be moving to the 450 class uh, after the season's done. Huh. You know, that that, that sparks a question with me is, uh, you know, AC is going to be heavily focused on the Supercross series, you know, if he does win the title. Is he going to have a an Osborne-type uh, type year where Osborne was obviously the best rider in this, in this class? Are we going to see AC be able to eke out uh, back-to-back titles, I mean, meaning Supercross and Motocross, and if anyone doesn't get the title, such as the Ferrandez, did that light a fire under his ass to make sure that he wins the outdoor championship? Could could AC, you know, winning Supercross really set him up for a lot more of a tough battle coming outdoors, where everyone just wants to get that monkey off their back and and want the want the title that much more? It's I'm really really excited to see how that happens, man. I wonder who we're going to see sort of uh, uh, kick it in the high gear for outdoors and really make a fight for this thing because I think AC AC's a guy I. I wholeheartedly think he's just as talented in outdoors as he is in Supercross, but I mean, you got to know that if he wins this title, man, he's going to have a lot of guys who are hungry to get that win from him uh, and, and just try to lay it to him in, in outdoors. Super, super excited to see that. I, I am too. I think that uh, we've, we've got a really exciting series uh, coming our way, and um, in, in my opinion, like, you know Austin Forkner's going to be ready, whether or not he's got uh, uh, the speed all the way through the weekends. Uh, I, I, yeah, he imploded a little bit last year, but I think this is a brand new year for him. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, uh, Adams. I, I think AC's got a great chance at this championship uh, for uh, for 2019. The way things shake out, time will tell, but uh, I think he's got a better chance of success than not that's for damn sure and um yeah i think i think i also like him to win this championship a uh, bit of a get right day for uh, for colt nichols uh, good to see him back on the top step oh most definitely def- definitely we, we talked about it a little bit on live and um he's had a little bit of a lull as of as of late last couple of rounds and he had that little get off in seattle you know when he clipped in the rhythm section and uh it, it's good to see him back up there i I went on record saying I didn't think we'd see him up there that fast. I thought the injury and the the setbacks would kind of uh, hold him back a little bit more, but it, I think this is a ride he needed. Um, wasn't you know super stellar by any means, but I mean hey, you got to win him on the last one, and uh, he he looked solid. I think with a good start, um, a couple of good good finishes, like you know I think once you get the confidence rolling a little bit, like with most riders, um, he, he could be he could be up there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know come Vegas he's duking it out with AC and Tarandis. He's more than capable of it. We saw it early in the season, and uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me at all. But yeah, good for him. Good to see that rebound a little bit, and for him to not let the, uh, the less than less than good rides uh, keep him back. It's it, it shows a mentally strong rider, which you know you and I had a whole thing about. Uh, it, it's good to see it. I'm hoping he carries that on to uh, towards the end of the season as well. Oh yes, uh, being mentally strong is a very important thing, and we might touch on that before the, this podcast is out. Um, as far as uh, the 250 class is concerned, it's a bit of a two-horse race. I think, oh, it's not a bit of a two-horse race. It is a two-horse race at this point. Uh, I, cur- I clearly think that uh, AC is your better option, or not maybe better option, but your 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 favorite over the next two rounds. Uh, I think he's just on raw speed. Uh, he's he's won a number of races in the past. Of course, Dylan now has made it two in a row, but 
Uh, I think that uh, this break is not going to uh, to favor him as far as uh, just like want he want like if you're Dylan Fernandez you want to get right back into this you want to race again uh, if you you want to somehow hit uh, fast forward and and make it uh, Denver Supercross uh, in in five days time but that's not going to happen um, and yeah he's got to also he's got to go focus on outdoors for a bit get himself all locked in that way and then come back to it for the last one yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a lot to yeah. kind of to kind of switch up on your your focus like that. Yeah, I've always wondered if, it, if it's super hard for these guys to go from yeah, I'm you know I'm supposed to be in championship winning mode, race winning mode, all this you know this whole time to go into a break and then completely change to get your your outdoor setup working right. I mean, it's got to take a toll on these guys mentally. Yes, absolutely, it does. Two fifty uh, Supercross or being a professional motocross racer in general, in general is a tough task. But uh, these guys sign up for it. Hey, Big MX listeners, thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors. We'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, Big MX listeners, let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles, you got to check them out. They're motocross, dedicated, and uh, they, they, they burn nice and clean. they got that wood wick that sounds awesome. And you, you pops and crackles just like a real fire. And uh, it's going to make your garage smell better. It's going to make your living room smell better. And if you take them into the bedroom, don't tell me about it, but enjoy it. You're going to love these candles, and you can find them at sickwicks.com. Head there right now. Enjoy them, and you're going to love them. Absolutely. Check them out. Only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses. CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood. In the past, we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality, purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Castor 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1, and the full array of market-leading products. Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima racing oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com.
Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming, and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateer's racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy, filming practice sessions, talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome program, and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program, and you get a really cool experience. Check it out, Google. The collective experience, first thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program. You can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can, like, Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, The Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out, The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there, great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience, a proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio podcast. What's up, Big MX Radio listeners? I can't thank you enough for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. It means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Hopefully you're entertained. Hopefully you guys find some information that you didn't already get from another podcast. And uh, if you guys have any requests whatsoever on content you'd like to see on the Big MX Radio podcast, please send me either a direct message on Instagram. If you're not already following, I hope you do. It's bradgebhart88 on Instagram. And you can also find me via email, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Hit me up in the DMs. And uh, thank you again for listening to these uh, really important commercials. Uh, We do our best to uh, plug our sponsors. And I hope that you guys support our sponsors like Medterra CBD as well as uh, Maxima Racing Oils and uh, Fly Racing is coming on soon and uh, really looking forward to that. So thanks again for listening to the Big MX Radio podcast. Garrett, Dale, all all my good friends that are listening, I really appreciate you guys uh, making the time to listen to the podcast and uh, thanks again and uh, let's get back to the show. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Sickwick's dot com sickwicks.com is where you can find all your soy based uh, soy wax based candles uh you need to go there right now and medterracbd.com you can enter discount code bigmxradio15 to save yourself 15% off your order over $15,000 worth of merchandise has been purchased from medterracbd.com through that discount code and we appreciate all the fans who've been listening and enjoying with us on the line he is a repeat offender he is an absolute icon when it comes to uh, Supercross in North America. He's extremely fast. He's one of those guys that puts it in the main event more often than not. And uh, he's got just a skill set that very few people possess. He's the number 99 in your program, likely number one in your hearts, especially uh, for a lot of those female uh, fans out there. He's a good-looking cat. What's going on, Austin Politelli? Oh, not much. Just hanging out, and thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Like I said uh, off air, I do believe this is our uh, fourth time having you on the podcast. Like I said, you're a repeat offender, uh, but uh, dating all the way back to your uh, your days with the um, Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, uh, where I think even then you were like, I don't know if you even had a, a, a professional number, a, a national number back then. Um, it's been quite the journey. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, 
doesn't seem like long ago, but I guess if you look at it by years, it's been quite a while. So, um, yeah, it's definitely cool to be back. Absolutely, my friend. And uh, before we get too far into this, I know you're a music fan, and I know that uh, obviously racing the 450 class in Supercross, the goal is to one day be in the top 10 in points. Uh, you're not quite there just yet, but if you were top, happened to be top 10 in points, that means you'd be a part of opening ceremonies. And I got to ask you this question right now: What Guns N' Roses song would you choose to uh, to bring yourself on? Oh, Welcome to the Jungle for sure. Oh. That's my go-to song. That's a photo. that's a classic. That's a that's a getter going type of song. I know you're you're a big Guns N' Roses fan. Have you seen them live? I hope you have because I have. No, I haven't. Unfortunately, I mean, I wish I was around in the '80s when they. I mean, I guess they're still huge, but I think that would have been so cool. My parents have been to it and stuff like that. But I don't know. I like uh, all the old school rock music. I'm really into that. There you go. There you go. I, li- I like that taste in music, my friend. Uh, good taste in uh, in music. Good taste in motorcycles. The Hondas have been very good to you over the years. Um, why is it that you, you you've constantly and consistently chose to uh, to race a Honda, especially when you're in uh, sort of a, a privateer effort uh, like you have in the past? Yeah, like you said, they've always just been good to me. Um, I rode them when I was amateur for a little bit, and then I turned pro. And I rode Kawasaki's actually up in Canada. And then um, I had probably my best year ever in, in the life class. Uh, I was on Hondas then. So just, I don't know, I've always, they just fit me well. And I really like that bike. Absolutely. T- completely forgot uh, mentioning this in my intro. Can- 250 Canadian national champion, if I'm not mistaken, Austin Politelli. In fact, uh, the only number one plate that I have in my garage right now was given to me by a good name, a good friend of mine named uh, Jonathan, better known to most people as Hoodie, who uh, was your mechanic the, the year that I think, at least the year that you uh, defended that title, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I had Hoodie actually the the year we won, and then uh, the next year as well. Nice. So, uh, I've known Hoodie for quite a long time with him being at uh, DC One Filters, and yeah, yeah, he's always been a good good friend and awesome mechanic as well. Heck yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, you also I don't know sure if you were you raced or I think you may have been hurt for that gnarly mud race in uh, in Regina the year that you were defending. Were you racing that weekend? Yeah, I was there. I think I, I got third overall, I think, that day. Ugh, that was... You know, yeah, you got third. Did not it win? Um, I think... I think uh, Mossenbier won. Oh, you're right. If it was in 2014, I think. Yeah, that's 14. That's 14. That's wild. That's the first year of the podcast. Uh, and uh, and shortly thereafter, we had you when you were racing uh, with the Barn Pros guys. Um, so let's get into the 2019 program. How did it all come together? Uh, what were the sort of the uh, the loose ends that you had to tie up before going to uh, your first Supercross races? And uh, how do you decide uh, which ones you're going to hit? Because you haven't hit all of them, but you've hit most. Yeah, kind of. I was talking with TPJ, Ted Parks, and those guys uh, last year a little bit. And they ended up taking my bike to some of the um, East rounds last year. Uh, I actually didn't even get to race. I got a concussion the week before Daytona. But, uh, yeah, I just got to know them pretty well and then worked out a deal with them this year. And um, I still have a lot of my personal sponsors that help cover with costs and, and stuff like that. But it's been pretty tough getting to some of the, the East Coast ones. But everything's working out. So looking forward to the rest of the season. 
Absolutely, my friend. So, uh, like, like you said, you've got a ton of great personal sponsors. One of the questions I kind of thought of during the day is, is you've had a ton of uh, like really loyal sponsors over the years. Who are some of uh, your longest standing and, and best relationships that you've built in the sport? Um, and, uh, and, and sort of like who, who are some of those, those uh, brands that have sort of been with you from the very beginning, uh, including guys like Hoodie from DT1? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Todd Hansen with HRT, he's been helping me basically since I turned pro. Um, he's, he's been a, a really, really good sponsor and, you know, just someone I talk to all the time and always had my back through everything. And, um, yeah, I got some, like some construction sponsors out of California because I, uh, I normally have to work a little bit during the summer. Right. So I've got to meet some of those guys and they're, they're always super stoked on, on racing, especially being in, in Southern California. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, getting to know more and more people, but I'd say HRT has been the, the main one that's stuck behind me through everything. Absolutely. Good, good, uh, people to have in your corner. Uh, and, uh, and when you're not honing your skills on the supercross track, when you're not on the, the job site, uh, uh, get, getting the work done in the summers, uh, you have been known to, uh, to drop by the, uh, your local pole position where, uh, I believe, uh, the two of us did some racing not, uh, one year ago. And, uh, you're pretty, you're pretty fast behind the controls of any motorized vehicle, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. My dad used to, he was really into cars and stuff like that, and he raced go-karts as a kid, and uh, so i just always kind of been around that stuff, too, and really enjoyed uh, driving go-karts. It's, uh, I, I got to drive um, some shifter carts two years ago with Larry Brooks, and that was a blast. It's something, not not huge difference, but, like, you have to learn a lot of new stuff, so it was something, something cool, and I, I really enjoyed doing that. Absolutely. Getting yourself out of the comfort zone and uh, taking care of business, something that you're pretty used to uh, between Supercross and, uh, and and working construction, two, two totally different worlds, and good to hear that you're familiar with both. Um, when it comes to uh, getting the, the every, all your, uh, like the whole program together and stuff like that, you're a guy who's basically kind of ran your own deal more than a couple of times. Um, and, uh, and, and you've been really successful at it consistently, uh, carrying a, uh, a, a national number this year, you're 99, which to all Canadians and any hockey fans, uh, especially in SoCal, uh, is, uh, it's a, it's a very special number. Uh, tell me a little bit about carrying the 99 and, uh, how you find this, uh, have the innate ability to find your way into the main events weekend after weekend uh, at, at a more impressive clip than a lot of guys who uh, have possibly uh, a more stable surrounding. Like I, I think we've seen you in the main event uh, just as frequently as, uh, as some of those Hep Suzuki guys, and, uh, and those guys are running out of full truck. Yeah, it's uh, definitely not easy, but you know I just try to do the best that I can and um, just work hard during the week, put a lot of work in, in the off-season, and we started off a little rough with some bike problems, but um, seemed to get them figured out. And these last two weekends have been going pretty well, so I'm, I'm hoping to uh, just keep that going. I I got 15th uh, last week, not overall, but in one of the one of the mains. So I was pumped on that. That was my best uh, 450 finish I've ever got. So there you go. Just hopefully, uh, yeah, keep improving, making it straight out of the heat races, and just keep building each weekend, and hopefully get close to that top 10 and, and be fighting somewhere right around there. Well, there you go. And you mentioned you're a music fan, and with Nashville coming up this weekend, I hope that you'll be in attendance for that one. 
yes, that's the plan. Um, yeah, this cool new round, new dirt, everything. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that round. And then the following week in Colorado, that should be uh, a little tough with the altitude, but something new, and I think it'll be fun. Definitely, you, you'll be you'll be clicking on all cylinders. I have no doubt about that. Um, when it comes to uh, like pre- like preparing for the season, then being mid season, how much changes for you? Uh, as far as, uh, like, obviously you guys have had a ton of rain in SoCal this year. It's been pretty wild. Um, but all, all things considered, um, like, it, th- at this point in the season, like, how many days are you spending riding Supercross right now in, con- in contrast to, say, the, the last few weeks of December in through January? I feel like the Supercross tracks are a little bit more active in the beginning portion of the season. And, and now, uh, now that things are sort of like all the, all the pots are simmering, um, not so many guys are, are, are at the, the practice tracks day in, day out, like, uh, like say, like Elsinore, super busy, January, February, same thing with, uh, with Milestone. And uh, I guess now uh, with uh, Fox Raceway having their Supercross track as well. Yeah, it definitely it, it dies off for sure as the season gets going. It, they're pretty busy leading up, but um, I actually haven't been able to ride too much during the week just with uh, having to take parts and stuff off off my practice bike. But uh, so if I get if I get one day in a week, I'm I'm pretty pumped on that with with uh, in between the races and traveling and stuff. It just takes a lot out of you, so I just try to go off of how I feel and make sure I get my road bike rides in and and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it's been going pretty good. So hopefully just keep improving and, and work on my weaknesses and, uh, yeah, keep going. Awesome, man. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, last five quick questions I have for you before we uh, let you go here on the big MX radio podcast. Um, are you ready for them? These are rapid fire questions. Yeah. What was your favorite motocross video growing up and why? Gil Ruth. Because uh, Jeremy McGrath's always been my favorite writer. You were featured in uh, in many ads for uh, Rockstar Suzuki during during that uh, that team's heyday. Uh, do you have any uh, sort of memorabilia from those eras, or any uh, of your bikes that you raced as an amateur? Uh, I didn't get to keep any bikes, but I'd say the coolest one was winning the U.S. Open in two thousand eight. Um, Got some jerseys and and I think the helmet I wore that night. So, got the Rockstar helmet, but unfortunately didn't get to keep the bike. That's super cool. Um, your your current gear sponsor. These guys are have been helping you out big time this year. Give those guys a shout out for me right now. Yeah, Fly Racing. Uh, just started wearing that this year and they've been great. Uh, Dalton, Max, all those guys have been really cool. The gear super comfy and yeah, no complaints. I've been I've been stoked on it. What are you most particular about when getting your, your, your gear on? What needs to fit just right? What, what do you need to modify if you modify anything? And uh, is there, what's like the weirdest setup you've ever had to race with? Like say you forgot something at home. What, what, what's like the, um, what are you particular about? What if, and, and what is it that you've had to like, I had like, like, like say I'm a chest protector guy. If I have to ride without a chest protector, I feel weird. Go for it. Yeah. Um, gloves for sure i'm not too picky about anything other than the gloves i just like uh thin as possible and and for it to have a strap for some reason i don't i grip a little bit like with the outside of my palm so it seems to pull the the glove down but um the the glove is is the main thing for me 
Fair enough. I'm I'm picky on gloves too because I got small hands, but they're thick hands, so I can't fit my hands into the. I have like weird like 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 it's honestly it's from Brickling. Um, I can't fit my hands into those gloves that are like have no strap on them because they're like too narrow. Like, I literally can't get in there. Yeah. And but if I do get in there, the fingers are too damn long. So I'm like, well, what the hell? Uh, so yeah, I'm ha- gloves are are an underrated. Um, like if you can find a, a glove brand that really gels with you, um, and I, like I assume, are you are you wearing the flat gloves or, or what's the story there? Yeah, I just started wearing this year. I've always wore Death, um, mm-hmm. Nate Adams. I've always wore their gloves, but um, I was a little scared to switch just because I've wore those for so for so long. Yeah, the fly gloves have been awesome. I mean, he sent me uh, a bunch of the try, and and I found one. Or there's multiple that I like, and yeah, they have a ton of gloves. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, there's no complaints at all. Killer, my friend. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. You're always absolute fire when we do exactly that and having you come on the podcast to talk all things Supercross. Before I let you go, I know you have a ton of an impressive list of sponsors. Give those guys some love for me. Yeah, for sure. TPJ Fly Racing, uh, DSG Construction, HRT, California Coast Plumbers, uh, Tokyo Mods, Showy Helmet, um, EVS, Rhino Power, and I got a bunch of new ones this year. But um, who else? Pirelli Tires, and just everyone else who's been in my program, and I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, as I said, always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Let's do this again soon. You're an up-and-coming rider who's always on the cusp of doing extremely impressive things and uh, coming, watching you race and watching you put it in the main weekend after weekend uh, has been impressive and we needed to get you on the podcast. Best of luck the rest of the season. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Let's talk 450s a little bit and uh, let's talk before we get to uh, the big number three, let's talk about the the two in your program, likely number one next year, uh, Cooper Webb, making his uh, his feelings known that uh, he doesn't care who you are, he's going to the front of the pack and he'll uh, he'll challenge uh, he'll force you out of his way. He'll uh, he'll ride. I wouldn't say dirty, but he'll ride aggressively with everybody under the sun, including his teammate. He showed that this weekend. Gets himself the overall. Uh, he went he went up, around, and through Marvin Muscan to do it, as well as putting a pretty a pretty impressive pass on Eli Tomac as well. Um, Cooper Webb uh, with four races to go and uh, was it now seventeen point lead? Not bad. Yeah, man. He oh, what more can you say about Cooper Webb? He's just on a whole different level. I think his mental game is just a one right now, and he's riding with a chip on his shoulder, man. He's really going out there and not giving a damn what anyone else thinks. He's not scared to ride with these guys. And I think what a lot of people are kind of pissed about is like he didn't really pay his dues to be up there quite yet. You know, he's almost like he switched bikes and skipped a couple grades, and now he's hanging with the big boys and beating up on them. So uh, it, it's pretty gnarly to see, man. He's, he's an underdog in every sense of the word. Came in as a number two KTM guy. They did not expect him to win a championship. And after he got a you know, couple wins here and there, the momentum started rolling in his favor. And, you know, that paired with the just Cooper Webb attitude of, I don't care who you are, I'm going to win. I'm going to win by all means. Um, I'm going to do it with a smirk on my face. 
I, I think that's just taken him farther and farther. And a lot of these guys aren't used to be to being ridden like that. I mean, he's coming into some of these corners and looking like he's almost going to bash these people's, you know, skulls in, and coming up just short, cutting on there and stuff on the clutch, and he's gone. You know, he, he's not afraid to ride these guys aggressive. And some of the guys that we've seen in the top four, top five, really not used to it, really uncomfortable riding like that, or they haven't had much experience with it. And Cooper, that's Cooper's uh, wheelhouse, man. He's, that's where he's comfortable. He, he can ride and, and, and trade pain all day. So really, really cool to see that guy assert himself. And he rides with a lot of flash, a lot of, a lot of energy. And the way he charges forward, man, it's just it's super, super cool. It's just every weekend I'm more and more shocked because I cannot believe that this guy is our points leader, has the most wins in the season, and is running that KTM so well. It's it's a huge shock, man, and it's just a thing to lose. And I, I never thought I'd be saying that about Cooper Webb this early in his career, but uh, yeah, man, he's he's crushing it right now. That he is, and uh, it's impressive to watch. Uh, what do you make of the number three machine? Just can't get it done this year. Not going to work out. Yeah, it, it's it's tough, man, and it, it just it goes back to I think that mental side. We just never we've never had a rider who is so capable of just crushing the competition by such a huge margin, just not show up on race day time and time again. He'll get one win, and the minute something spooks him, he's, you know, ninth or, or eighth or fourth or something, you know, barely on the podium. Um, it's just, it's it's like almost seeing like someone that has Ricky speed who who's just not not winning, you know. It's, you can't ever picture Ricky Carmichael not winning, you know. Um, it's, it's tough to see. And some of the times, he's not even in the race, man. He's just Riding around in fourth or fifth, so yeah, it, it's it's a little it's a little weird to see because you know the guy is capable of so much. He's got so much talent. He's got the great bike. He's got the training uh, regiment down. The work ethic. It's just that, that next little bit, that next little mental piece. I think that's keeping him from riding to his true capability and true potential, and just not knocking off these uh, championships like he should. So uh, I really hope he gets that figured out. Hope his uh, MS program can can get you know just super effective and and he can start to ride uh, to you know tomac uh the, to his tomac ways man it, it it really should happen and it's a bum we're not seeing it he could make this this championship race a lot closer yeah he could and it's just it's just perplexing like like uh the guy's won races this year he's shown speed fastest qualifier whole shots laps led um it's it's not like uh, like a, a Ken Roxon where he's had a hard time closing the deal and actually winning these races. Um, he, he's won. He's won. He he's he shown extreme speed. He's he's raced past these guys, uh, and then other weekends he just seems super average. Um, and there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason um, with a guy like. Uh, Mike Williamson being a part of that team for a long time and him just sort of leaving, I think that's a huge indication of some some butting of heads and some blaming and some things going on that just uh, it's it's very perplexing and um, yeah and, and like it's one thing to have Joey Savacci having uh, a great rookie campaign on the same motorcycle. Um, it'll be another thing if next year. Uh, Adam Cincerolo rolls in with uh, white plates uh, on that number uh, 92, and uh, and you basically got a 1A, 1B on the team uh, with Eli Tomac still floundering. Um, that'll be, yeah. Yeah, that's, 
that's something to think about, man, is uh, AC jumping up there to the 450 class and playing, playing with the big boys. And um, I got to be honest with you, I never even thought about, you know, him being on 450s as early because, and, and for, I think for myself and for a lot of people, he's kind of just now coming into the Adamson Cirillo that we all think he is, you know, quote unquote, where he's, he's riding up, up front, he's in the points lead, uh, he's healthy for the whole championship. So, um, man, it, it, it's, it's going to be really, really crazy to see him riding on the 450. I, I can guarantee you he's going to ride it very well uh, if he hops up that soon. And um, who knows, man? Maybe he could be the next Cooper Webb where he's supposed to be a number two guy and just get, gets comfortable really quickly and starts laying it down to these guys. I mean, you know, a lot of these 250 guys, when they bump up to the 450 class, they still bring with them a lot of that uh, that gumption, a lot of that uh, that. Uh, like piss and vinegar, so it's it, it'd be cool to see how that translates over to, to the bigger bikes, man. We yeah, to be a little bit more respectful, you know. I think that uh, moving to a 450 not only physically would uh, is plays into Adam's strengths, but I think that um, his him just having to wring the neck of the 250 is what sort of brings out some of those sketchy moments that you just mentioned. I think maybe the 450 uh, smooths him out a little bit, turns him into uh, uh, a bit of a. Uh, Say like a Tim Ferry or uh, a Travis Preston, the guys who went to the 450 and found even more success. Uh, even though uh, I guess you'd say uh, Travis Preston's greatest moment was uh, winning a championship over uh, your boy James Stewart in his rookie season. And we can't end this podcast without uh, chatting a little bit about uh, the interview, the video. Uh, it's about 30 minutes in length. Uh, what did you think? What what what? Uh, um, I think there's still more to come out um, yet to be seen, but uh, were you were you happy with what you saw as far as the video that was released from James? Uh, yeah, I, I say overall it was man. It was just, it was just great to just hear him talk about the races again, man, and really see that like he's not he's not disappearing, just vanishing in thin air. You know, he's actually out there. He admitted he's like, hey. You know, I watch every single race. I consume all the content, which makes me happy as a sponsor of AJ Catlin to the James Stewart throwback for straight rhythm. Uh, you know, cool knowing that he saw a lot of the effort we put in. So that was super cool. But, uh, you know, if he does, <laughs> did truly watch everything. Um, I, I thought it was really unique. And, and what I took away is the most kind of like profound and most shocking thing was the way he felt about his KX250 in 2005 and along with his um, the debut of the 450 in 2006 where he, it looked like that bike was just all out, tons of motors, super fast, and the way he was able to, to use it and ride with it, granted those weren't his, his most stellar years, but the things that he would do on the track, man, was just super cool to see, and those bikes looked like they were amazing to ride, and he straight up said, you know, those things were pigs, man. I, I couldn't stand them. The, the 250 was a, was a pig, the 450 was a couch. Um, it was just kind of cool to see, like, man, if, the, if those things are couches, in my mind, my bike must be a house, you know what I mean? <laughs> so super cool to hear that uh, i'm really excited to see what we find out in the uh the part two version um just in terms of something that's a little bit more more modern like you know what his take is on the way he left why he left the way he did what his plans are for the future um how he feels the sport treated him a little bit that would be kind of cool to see but you, you know hearing all the stuff between him ricky and especially him and uh chattery you know dilla no too that was really cool to hear his his point of view on it um and one thing i like about hearing interviews from these racers that are retiring, whether it's Ricky or Chad um, or uh, or like a Villapoto. I'm looking at Chad in there since he kind of is on his, uh, 
uh, I, I want to quote unquote retirement phase where he's a little bit more free with his uh, with his interviews and he's able to express himself a little bit better. Um, it's cool to hear these guys like really be open and honest about their equipment, what they were feeling, their competition, um, what it's like to be at that top level. We I think this is one of the first times we've actually been able to hear that from the guys we also all used to look up to. So it's uh it's it's refreshing, man. I really hope to get into some nitty gritty with with the Stewart uh, interview, and um, I think it's really good that he's doing this. And I hope we don't we don't lose the sport fully. I think you and I mentioned it. It'd be great to see him in a, in a role where he's like commentator or brand ambassador or something, where we still have a little bit uh, still have a little bit of James Stewart and the person that really I think influenced the way we all rise today and kind of changed the sport, man. It, it'd be cool to have that. For sure it would be. I think uh, more more James Stewart is good James Stewart. Of course, uh, if you're ever uh, not getting your fill, you can just go on YouTube and usually just uh, uh, get lost in all those clips and stuff like that. Watch the uh, the old great outdoors and stuff like that as well. Um, what What's your, like, give me your number one, like, James Stewart setup. It has to all be from the same year, same era, same, like, basically the same setup. But, like, when you think of James Stewart, peak, um, dominance, style, speed, amazingness, like, what's he wearing? What kind of gear? What, like, what bike is he on? What, what, uh, uh, what's your pinnacle of, of James? Oh, man. I think it has to be the, uh, I want to say the 03 or 04 setup where he had it wasn't the full pink he had a little bit of pink in there but he had like the uh the uh the fox with like i think the left the left shoulder over the chest was like that uh sort of teardrop black and gray and the other arm had the pink on it and the other one was kind of white the other arm was kind of white i think that setup on the kx125 uh was that's the epitome of James Stewart right there for me, man. It, it was he was he wasn't in his rookie year, so he kind of had the pro team kind of figured out. He was a little bit, I want to say, smoother and still a little bit more flashy. Um, just brought a whole bunch of style to to the lit kit game, to the to the, the way he rode, you know, to the all of the sport. It was just the, you know watching him ride a 125 around a supercross track and do things like quad sections that 250 guys weren't doing or you know, wheeling through the woofs or doing a step on, step off on a bike that had half the horsepower of most of the guys that were doing it. It's just super cool to, to see that man. And just the, the way he dominated in such convincing fashion and just, it almost looked like it, looked like it was easy for him, you know, the way he would blitz the whoops and look, you know, look left and right of them. Just super cool, man. And um, I think those are, the, those are probably the most fun James Stewart memories I have. Absolutely, I agree, and that includes the. Uh, that's basically the gear that they uh, that they had made up for the straight rhythm this last weekend for you guys. Uh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking right now. Oh, 03 James Stewart photos, and that was pretty much his favorite gear of choice until I started wearing the twenty four, uh, the 04 stuff in the middle of the outdoors. For those who remember, basically put his shoulder on backwards at uh, the last round of Supercross, came back out for Bud's Creek and smoked everybody. And that's when he switched over to, by then he was in the 2004 uh, Fox stuff, which I was also wearing. Really, really nice stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll send you a picture of that stuff. That, that like, 
that to me is is like consummate James Stewart uh, best looking gear. I think it's actually a bit of a shame that the Fox gear from 05 when he turned uh, like 250 was not the best ideal. Like I, I still love that uh, that looking. Uh, KX250. Actually, one of these pictures must be at his house because he's actually racing. He's riding. A, he's practicing on a KX250 with black plates on it. And there's actually a 2002 front number plate on this damn thing. That's weird. Why do I notice these things? Um, but yeah, like uh, uh, that. Like the 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 zebra gear with the like. Honestly, if they if Fox remade that, I would purchase it full pop. Like. Don't restyle it. Don't nothing. Just remake that gear. I will buy it right now. I'd have to agree with you, man. Honestly, just to have that piece of history, oh, you know, I love my epic stock. stock. But uh, yeah, if they had some like James Stewart replica, um, like throwback limited edition, I think I would buy it just to have it. Wouldn't wear it. Probably haven't got. If I ever met James Stewart, I haven't signed it. And uh, have a piece of uh, moto uh, memorabilia, but yeah, I mean he's he's got he's poured some iconic stuff in, like the the, uh, the the kit he wore for the last round of uh, what was it the two thousand and what was that two thousand and four I think when he went outdoors it was him and what was it Ron Cotta that were battling that sort of throwback uh, early like eighties late seventies sort of Fox setup was just super killer man that rule. That'll probably go down in history for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's a great look as well. He's, he had a ton of great stuff over the years. But good to see that he, he came back for, uh, like, or not going to come back, but uh, released so, some interview and some more content, just something fresh from James uh, and, and good because we love the guy and uh, we want to know that he's well and that uh, one of the greatest riders to ever do it is uh, is in a good way. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty stoked. But, uh Great podcast. Great to talk to you, Dave. Uh, for those who uh, haven't already done so, uh, please check out the collectivexp.com. Sign up before the Supercross season is out. And uh, you'll, you'll, of course, be carrying that through the outdoors as well. Uh, yeah, we're actually going to be uh, doing an internship program for outdoors along with our uh, motocross fan experience. So be sure to check that out. Uh, we're really excited to unveil that and get more people, you know, hands-on in the industry, working with pro riders, help hooking up their resumes, um, and really just giving them giving them more hands-on experience to, to take their career to the next level. So excited about it. Excited to get to the outdoors and, uh, and see some wide open riding and uh, hopefully be able to sneak up to a few Canadian rounds and bug you for a little bit, man. I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, it'll be good. I think uh, we're going to try and get you up for the Minidosa round of, of the Outdoor Series for Canada, but we'll talk a little bit more off that off air. Thanks again for the time, my friend. Always a pleasure. Uh, don't hang up just yet, but, but, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Radio Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Maxima USA, proven under the toughest conditions. The Collective Experience. Access your dreams at thecollectivexp.com. Sickwix candles, soy candles, and wax melts for moto fans like you. Medterra CBD. Our CBD, your health. Find out more at medterracbd.com.